0: Hey everybody, welcome to Narrative Live, special coverage of um, the last debate, the last final debate. Can you believe it's what, how many days now, are we 10 days away? Is this possible, guys? 12. (laughs) 12. Jumping ahead of myself, but uh, every day seems like a lifetime. And what it's... an interesting debate tonight was! Welcome to the show, uh, Sherry Jacobus, who's with us. You're from in South Carolina today.
1: In South Carolina for a few days, yes.
0: Uh, how nice is that? You can give us a, a read it's on what's beautiful. like on the ground for Fal- Lindsey Fal- Fal- yes. Fal- Graham. And uh, Lincoln's Bible <laughs> is back. How are you, LB? L- L-
2: I'm good. I'm so happy to be back.
0: It's great to have you here.
2: Nice. We've missed you. Yeah.
0: And Greg Oliar is here as Well from New York. How are you doing, Greg? I am,
3: um, you know, that's 90 minutes of my life I'm not gonna get back, but here I am.
0: <laughs> but you know, I, I, I gotta say, what a great job Joe Biden did tonight. I mean, I thought he just hit it home in every aspect. And I don't think he, there were many points that uh, Trump got away with, not that there was much that he could have got away with. Let's go around the horn and see how everyone feels. Greg, why don't you take us off, start us off here.
3: I, I was a little concerned at first. I thought I thought Trump was actually pretty good. I mean, insofar as he can be, he was meaning he was speaking in complete sentences and seemed vaguely <laughs> coherent at the beginning, um, and seemed to remember what people maybe had told him to talk about. And Joe took a little while to get going and wasn't hitting him hard enough initially. And I thought, oh, God, is this going to be like this all night? But Trump eventually ran out of whatever drug he was on and. You know, rambled into incoherent la la land with the Russia, 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 and this, that, and the other. And Biden got angry. And I like when Joe gets mm-hmm. righteous. The righteous anger plays really well, I think. I think it's justified. I think it comes across as super authentic and gives him this great gravitas. And he's, right about all this stuff The the key moment of the entire debate they were talking about the kids in the cages and biden said sort of at the end 525 children are not going to you know go they don't know where their parents are tonight and trump said good right Mm -hmm. that's it that's 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 the whole fucking debate right there yeah
0: Certainly, one of the key moments, LB. Oh, we're, cu-
1: we're cursing on this. Okay, good.
0: Yeah, we we, oh, yeah. we, we do. It's like, I've tried to stop it; it doesn't doesn't work. So I just thought, let's go with no. it.
2: <laughs>
0: i <cool with> it. <laughs> LB, um, what are your what are your thoughts about tonight?
2: Um, I think the threat of the mics being cut. I, I didn't, you guys. I didn't get a moment where they were. I did have to step away for for five minutes or so, but. Um, didn't seem like that Mike thing was getting enforced anyway. But the threat of that um, actually, I think, worked in Trump's favor. He contained himself. You know, we didn't get the um, the, the insanity, the chaos. Um, a, the lies continued. Uh, <laughs> they just, you know, I think even Daniel Day was saying, this is more lies than he's ever. <laughs> you know, every, every time he speaks. <laughs> Daniel's like, it's more lies than ever before. Um my drink arrived. Thank you.
0: Oh yay. Uh, you.
2: yay. She has her own
1: personal
0: <laughs> waiter. That's great. <pretty laughs> That's I'm impressed. you do things, Sherry. A <laughs> I'm <impressed, laughs>
2: very, very silent partner who who silently brings me a beautiful drink every time. So um I just, you know, so I, I think it's important to remember and we get lost in our own bubbles of forgetting what the other bubble wants and needs and feeds off of. Mm-hmm. And he delivered everything that his people want and need yeah. and feed off of. He really did.
0: He, Trump, he, did yeah. you know, yeah.
2: Trump did, yeah. yeah. Trump did. So the, yeah. the debate prep worked for him. He stayed, believe it or not, the message is good. That is him being on message. That is what his people want to hear. They want to hear, you know, these these children have been separated, They'll never see the parents again, and they want to hear their guy go good. That's what <laughs> they want. It's hard for us to conceive that.
0: But <laughs>
2: that's what they want, and so they got what they want out of out of this debate. Um, I don't know that it's going to make any damn difference at all
0: at this election. point it's there uh, not many undecided voters but uh you know maybe there are one or two that could change their mind certainly not towards trump it's possible though uh, sherry what do you think about tonight
1: well the fact of the matter is you really there, it's really kind of hard to win a debate you can only lose a debate and that's the only thing that really can affect an election uh debates are difficult they're they're um you you want to not make any mistakes and I'm going to reference Joe Biden when he was debating Sarah Palin. Uh, he was very bland. He was very vanilla. His He knew that debate that night was about her. And all he had to do was not make mistakes, not screw up, and to be relatively forgettable. Uh, I thought tonight uh, because of the, again, as you all noted, that the, the threat of the mics being muted and, and in fact were muted, uh, that changed everything for Trump. And he knew that the last debate was a shit show. He knows that people understand that he is the one who basically chickened out of the one after that where they each had their own town halls. Uh, so he actually did good for Donald Trump tonight. Uh, but we have 48 million Americans who have already voted. And the early voters largely go with Joe Biden. Uh, I don't think there was anything tonight that was huge, except for the fact that uh, you had uh, Donald Trump. Um, you know, we have a black woman as a moderator, and he's basically saying, I'm the least racist person in the room, except for the room is so dark, and I can't see anybody. It's just like, moment. keep talking, keep talking. <laughs> you know, that's what it was. And, I, and Jennifer Rubin, uh, the Washington Post uh, columnist, she, she had a great tweet, something along the lines of, of um, just think that this is the last time that we ever have to sit through a Donald Trump debate. And I thought that was like the best tweet ever. Uh, and that was a reminder that, look, whatever happened tonight, I don't think either one of them uh, screwed up horribly uh, when you grade on a curve. And we do grade on a curve for Trump. what The thing that I'm concerned about is in the post uh, script of this when they start, you know, re- you know looking at this and and talking about it, that there's going to be some pundits that are going to be tempted to do what they always do, which is grade Donald Trump on a on a curve. And unless he is out there foaming at the mouth and walking around with toilet paper stuck to his shoe, which he has done before, literally, we have we have video nice. of Donald Trump walking so around. With, <laughs> and they tend to say, you know, he does really really work for him. And so I, uh-huh. my my. The, the, overall thought, the overall thought that I had was that um, Joe Biden looked like he was just tired of this, just sick and tired of all of this. Uh, and it's been a long campaign. And when you look like you're going up against someone like Trump, he's just tired of this. And normally that would be a negative, I think, for any candidate to to, to show that type of thing, except for the fact that the rest of us, also feel that way, mm-hmm. and Stu Stevens had a great piece in the Bulwark. Uh, I think it was I saw, I saw it today. I think it came out today. Yeah. That basically expressed that sentiment. It's like we are so tired of having to worry about and think about Donald Trump. I want to be nice. I mean, I don't want to hear from a president again. I, I, yeah, I want to hear you. Know, I want to get the news. I want to see a statement every now and again. But I don't want to have to get up each day uh, and turn on my computer and look at Twitter and go, Oh God, what the fuck is he said? What the mm-hmm. hell is he said? You know, and and so tonight's debate. Um I think what it showed if, if- if Donald Trump, he was actually okay and if he had been this guy for the past five years, I don't know, maybe he wouldn't have been president because there are some crazies out there that he, I mean, we know he didn't become president legitimately. So he just needed, you know, somebody got to him and said, try and be as normal as possible. I noticed he got a haircut. I noticed the hair was not a, a freaky color. I noticed that while he couldn't help himself, he still had, you know, something on his skin. It wasn't quite as orange. So to the degree that Donald Trump can be toned down, and even when grading on a curve if you squint you could say he was somewhat normal the fact that it was five years ago almost to the day where we found out that he had this super pack he was lying about it i mean when the crazy stuff started so if this is what it takes and and he still uh, lied all over the place to the point where we're all as exasperated as joe biden just kind of like just again really you're still doing this
2: if someone had said also sent a tweet out that i retweeted a I feel like Donald Trump gets all of his information from the same websites that give your computer a virus. It's
0: like- <laughs> yeah, Both you know of those it. come out of the Kremlin, so it's probably not that well, unlikely. Yeah, and
1: speaking of virus, when you open up, you're basically saying, you know, we could have had 2 million people die and that hasn't happened yet. It's like, oh, yay.
0: <laughs> he didn't even say
3: hello or thank you, or usually at these things, like, thanks, oh, it's so great to be here, whatever. He just went right to, 2 million people should be dead. <laughs>
0: It's, I know, yeah. it's really and uh, they it's are, an they astonishing are, course, way to say hello. Yeah.
3: Um,
0: just to pick up on a point you sent there, uh, Sherry, you know, Obama, during his terrific speech yesterday, that barn burner of a speech that he did uh, in Pennsylvania, um, he, he referenced that fatigue. He's saying the best thing about... That can happen out of this is that we no longer have to wake up every day and what wo- and have to worry and, f- and think and f- fret about what donald trump is doing well, well, if he's you. no longer president <laughs> and so what are we going to do with our lives but oh. secondly to that is it's true i mean he is the the irritation level and the irritation factor of donald trump has gotten to the extent that it's just, it's just impossible to take more, And I think that's probably the sentiment we're seeing around the country as those many early voters. And in Pennsylvania, it's like, I think a million people have already voted in Pennsylvania. Uh, and a vast majority of them are Democrats or voting for, um, for Biden at least. We're beginning to see that exhaustion really taking hold on people that they're willing to sit through hours and hours in a in a line or stand in hours and hours in a line to get to get a vote in which is which is remarkable um lb i noticed something that you always talk to me about donald trump when you think about his physicality uh he had that voice at the beginning he had that i don't know how you described his voice but every time we speak on the phone uh every once in a while after he's had one of these moments he has this sort of husky like a bad boy voice that he's just been you know he's he's got into trouble and he's he's getting home and he's got to confess it to his father that's sort of what it feels like and it felt at the beginning that was the voice that he adopted
2: yeah he he has he has his tones and um because he's he's not connected to um, having accuracy in his information he's not coming from any part of his brain that is (laughs) Um, you know, he's, he's always talking from his balls, right? Right, And like from his gut. It's like everything is from that part of the brain that's just like, oh. And right. so he's going to come with that, oh, right? When he's like, all right, all right, get ready to get the ring. And so you're going to get that, right? And that, you know, so everything gets to live for that. And then he'll go into a different tone if it's like, and he always does this with the stuff that he gets called on. But he goes. Well, I don't know anything about that. I don't know. He I goes into this really soft voice of like, oh, I don't know, I don't know anything about any of that. So I didn't hear that tonight, um, but you <laughs> did hear his aggressive stuff. He just has sort of his aggressive lever, and then his sort of like. Oh,
0: I thought I at the know. beginning he sounded a little bit like that uh, scolded uh, boy, but maybe maybe I'm okay. over reading into it. <laughs>
2: You might be over-reading. I, I, he is, he, it's like, am I defensive? Am I offensive? What am I going to do here? Let me read the situation. Like a shark smelling for blood in the water. Where's the blood? Where's the blood? Where's the blood? Where's my kill? Where's my kill? Where's my kill? Where's my kill? Yeah. And everything is that for his brain.
0: Sure. You're, you're, you mentioned the note at the moment about race. Uh, let's listen it to that. We'll take a look sober. at it.
4: Racist person? I can't even see the audience because it's so dark. But I don't care who's in the audience. I'm the least... Racist person in this room.
2: Okay, Vice President Biden, Abraham, let me ask you very quickly and then I have a follow up question for you.
4: Abraham Lincoln here is one of the most racist presidents we've had in modern history. He pours fuel on every single racist fire, every single one. Started off his campaign coming down the escalator saying he's going to get rid of those Mexican rapists. He's banned Muslims because they're Muslims. He has moved around and made everything worse across the board. He says to the, about the poor boys, last time we were on stage here, he said, I told them to stand down and stand ready. Come on. This guy has a dog whistle about as big as a foghorn.
0: President Trump, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to respond, and then I have a follow-up. No, I,
4: he made a reference to Abraham Lincoln. Where did that come in? I mean, you said you're Abraham that, Lincoln. No, no, where did that no no you said, i said not since abraham lincoln has anybody done what i've done for the black community and i'm saying i didn't say i'm abraham lincoln i said not since abraham lincoln has anybody done what i've done for the black community now you have done nothing other than the crime bill which put oh god th- tens of thousands of black men, mostly in jail. All right, true. let me, you know let me, what? Ha- let me ask Vice President Biden. They remember it because if you look the at what's question. happening with the voting right now, let me they remember that you treated them about.
0: very, very badly. Pretty just badly. A look at what's um, um, out what a moment! President- I thought for, for for Biden and a real opportunity for uh, for Trump to have gotten under that or gotten away from the race accusations, and he just wasn't able to. He just he walked right into that trap.
3: I love that he wanted to say Proud Boys and said Poor Boys, right. because I don't know if he listened yes. to Credence or something right before. <laughs> Early yeah. in the morning, <laughs> just about supper Okay, anyway, go ahead, well they're try to make
2: that, yeah They're gonna try to make that a moment of his, uh, you know, I, I actually don't think he was being clever in that moment, but nothing's better than to just nail those, yeah. those assholes with Poor Boys. You know, we're just gonna call them Poor Boys from now on.
0: It actually crazy. works really as a, well.
3: As opposed to Proud Boys, which is such a cool, you know, <laughs> alpha straight male seeming Thing to call your great right man
1: <laughs> it's, so, it's so normal and mainstream yes yes and uh, hot
3: <laughs> right
1: i think it was a, a mistake when he said poor boys instead of proud proud boys um look uh overall joe biden did well i think that he could have hit a lot harder on the race yeah. issue uh and i think that he should have um so that was a missed opportunity um and so for someone like me who's done debate prep and debate negotiations i'm looking at this and I, i'm thinking what were the influences for each each of these candidates prior to coming on that stage. Uh, and you're, I'm thinking in terms of the different people doing debate prep, and sometimes when you have more rather than less, you get things that it can get all jumbled and I, that might even have something to do with Trump and his different voice tones it's like he's got five different acting coaches uh, mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to, he doesn't, he doesn't you know he goes in the one voice and then a different tone uh, and of course you know he never pays attention to anyone so he's only getting you know a few of those notes in his head at the time which is why you see him trying to adopt these different voice tones and different personalities uh, depending on what he remembers that the last person told him and and I think it's it's a lot more obvious with Trump but when I, I look at Joe Biden, uh, I do think that this, this was a case where he had a lot of different people telling him a, a number of different things. And so far, we've basically seen their strategy be just let him do his thing. Uh, it seemed as though there were some zingers that he was trying to lob at Trump. And those might have just those might have been organic. But overall, it seemed that they were trying to get him to speak um, to a, a higher level audience and stay above the fray, uh, and I think and I think for Joe Biden that meant putting out a lot of a lot of information that perhaps he hadn't had enough time to really uh figure out how to spit out and i think that's a function too of in the past debates you know trump was interrupting him and everything i i i love joe biden and i think he obviously won the debate uh he certainly didn't lose it but i think there i'll be honest i think there were some missed opportunities uh it's also possible that because he's ahead in the polls uh and they don't want to make any mistakes or create any new news Uh, Had he gone harder, which I think maybe some of us would like him, and maybe that's my visceral emotion, wanting him to hit harder on some things, it's also very possible uh, that they said, look, let's just play it straight, get through this, don't make any mistakes, we're ahead in the polls. And then they're going to have to go in and do some heavy advertising in some of the the, the uh, yeah. key battleground states, that are getting closer. So when you look at what a debate is supposed to do, to the point I made earlier, you don't really uh, you don't win a debate; you can only lose it. And um, so I, I so when I think about again, I'm, I'm kind of thinking out loud here. I would have liked to have seen Joe Biden take some bigger punches at Trump, but then uh, the actual political strategist in me, the one that actually has advised candidates, I'm thinking you might actually want to curb those tendencies if you're ahead in the polls. And you
2: speak directly to the I mean, Americans. It would have been great. I mean, there's ways to do it. There, there are ways to trigger the, the this baboon we're dealing with. Um, <laughs> and, and one of the big triggers is to connect him and label him with the kinds of terms that misogynists use for women. And I'm, I'm just sort of shocked that no one has picked that up. And I I found out like a one little word, a little birdie told me is, okay, hey, there's one word that that would make him go off the rails. And I got it to somebody way too late for it to get in there in any kind of debate prep. But it's like, if you call him hysterical, he will, in a dismissive way, hmm. he'll lose his shit.
1: Like- or over emotional.
2: Yes, or, but that specific word of like, you know, yeah, hysterical. As, as saying, you know, oh, you know, he's just being hysterical. Or no matter how hysterical he gets about something, doesn't make it true. Doesn't mean it's true just because he's being hysterical about it. He would He probably would have dropped his pants. Like he, he just would have freaked out uh, over that word. So, I think there were ways to land punches, like what you're saying, Sherry, by these triggers. That were missed as well. That wouldn't have come across. It's like Hillary saying he's a puppet, and that he lost his shit when she called him a puppet, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't. That, there's certain. There's certain ways to do that. We didn't get that nuance, but um, you know, I, I look, this. I'm sorry. This Leslie Stahl interview is going to blow up. This is all whatever happened in this debate. As as you said, Sherry, as long as Biden didn't lose it. There's so much more to come, even though it's just 12 days and none of it is good for Trump. I didn't get a chance to watch, I had an early screening, everyone in the writer's get got an early screening to the Borat movie and. I ended up just watching a so, We oh, all got oh, an my. early screening to some parts.
4: <laughs>
2: I know. but I, I couldn't do the two screens at once. I was like, oh, my brain, you know, I just, guys, I'm tired. It's been a long time. I couldn't do it. I was going to even like, it was like a dance party. There's a dance, board dance party going on right now. Are you now serious? That That's I've amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, I can watch that while we're on live with the Narrative. We can
0: do it. We can log on, I think, if we can try. Maybe it's too much. Well,
2: I can't because I can't, it's yeah,
3: a code. It's only for her, Zeb. It's not for us. <laughs> I'm sorry, we didn't cut a we it in that, make I, yeah. oh,
0: Greg. Look,
2: I don't think that that's going to be good for anybody. No. Even, when everybody watches that tomorrow, I do have a little heads up about it, regardless of whether I saw it or not. It's not going to
0: be good. And it's available and for free on prime, right? Amazon prime is playing this for yeah, free for anybody tomorrow. who has, they are all good. Oh yeah. So you can, if you want to see Borat too, and Rudy Giuliani in all his glory, as it were, uh, <laughs> it's on Amazon
2: in his shirt, <laughs>
0: <laughs> just tucking in my, That's shirt.
2: How I tuck in my shirt in front of a 15 year old, I got to do it. I got to go oh, in and 15 year old is there. This is Rudy. So, I, I, did have, um, I, put a, I have to say so this about
1: Rudy. I, I and I put this on Twitter, Rudy Giuliani on camera masturbating in front of a 15 year old, allegedly you know, 15 year old teenager was not on my 2020 bingo card. And it should have been because I just <laughs> I'm, yeah, I, I'm paying attention to everything. So I, I, I'm embarrassed that I was not, you know, on things enough to to know that that should have been on the bingo card, because why wouldn't it be?
0: It's always next. It, I'm never
2: <laughs> i never going to. I got to watch it. Really, but he might not have been doing. it <laughs> might not have been bad, but it's still. He thought that was a fifteen-year-old girl.
0: Well, how do you land up in a room yeah. with a fifteen-year-old girl from Eastern Europe if you're the president's lawyer? Anyhow, <laughs> I mean, regardless of what he was doing in there, what are <laughs> you doing back. in there? Um,
2: what are you doing?
0: Yeah. We, did, we, didn't, we didn't get to hear the hysterical part tonight, but we did get a point in the early part of the conversation when they spoke about coronavirus, where Biden did call him, uh, he said that he panicked. Let's take a look at that clip. It's quite mm-hmm. sure.
4: uh, what the president knew in January and didn't tell the American people. He was told this was a serious virus that spread in the air, and it was much worse than, much worse than the flu. He went on record and said to one of your colleagues, record it that in fact he knew how dangerous it was, but he didn't want to tell us. He didn't want to tell us because he didn't want us to panic. He didn't want us. Americans don't panic. He panicked, but guess what? In the meantime, we find out in the New York Times the other day that, in fact, his folks went to Wall Street and said, "This is a really dangerous thing." And a memo out of that meeting, not from his administration, but from some of the
0: brokers, said, "Sell short." He did panic, of course, and we know that we're all paying the price for it. But he did uh, diverge into this other part of it, which is that there is a that they went to Wall Street. You know, the Trump administration went to Wall Street and warned Wall Street that this thing was coming. Yeah that This thing was going to be a, a disaster, and at the same time, he was lying to Americans. I mean, that, uh, that dichotomy really is what we're looking at, at in this uh, in this election. We're looking at two very, very different audiences for these um, for these two candidates. And you know, this Granton versus Fifth Avenue um, thing keeps coming up because, in fact, that's exactly what this is about. You've got a, a Main Street candidate who's speaking directly to the American people, and then you've got a guy who's so out of touch who only cares about uh, Wall Street and the Dow Jones, and that's and that's where it ends for him.
3: There was another part later on where biden was looking at the camera and talking about sitting around the kitchen table and then trump went on this weird rant about kitchen tables and how that doesn't mean anything and it, it just it was so bizarre like does it doesn't he just keep standing up over the sink i don't know He's never been in in the kitchen. (laughs) I think he was trying to say, oh, Joe Biden, you're just doing that thing that politicians do where you're talking about being around the kitchen table. I think that's what he was going for, but it didn't come across that way. It came across as Trump attacking the notion that we should care about families other than the the Wall Street people. And it was, uh, you know, it was was bizarre, I thought.
0: Speaking of families, Hunter Biden thing did show up a lot. did it land for anybody? Do you think that landed for anybody in the audience or in fact, anybody in, in, who, who might be uh, on the Not bubble there or willing to, to move across?
1: Uh, yeah, well, first of all, who's on the bubble? Think about a person who is on the bubble. If you have been consuming information, if you're somebody who's gonna sit down and watch a 90-minute debate on a weeknight, and, um, but you are so, you're, the information you've gotten so far is such that you are unable to, to make it, Determination about which of these two men you're supposed to vote for for president. I, I mean, it, it, I just, I, I don't think there's, I don't think this debate can move anybody. You know, mm-hmm. there's nobody on that bubble. I don't see how there could be anybody on that bubble. And if they are on the bubble, they're not watching a debate because the people type of people that are going to sit and watch a debate and understand it and have just some foundation, some base knowledge uh, of of what they're talking about, I, I, it, they would already be informed enough to know who they're going to vote for. So, Chris Jansen on
0: MSNBC had a couple of people, three of actually, uh, African-American female voters that they were not convinced yet of who they were going to vote for. So there are undecided voters, at least, or at least softer support, some people say, in the African-American community. I, I haven't seen it necessarily myself because I don't see the polling in that granular detail, but, the, you know, and Trump referenced this tonight in the debate as well, that some African-Americans still hold a bit of a grudge against Biden for, for um, you know, his history on, on his, and his credibility on race on race issues it's obviously not as bad as donald trump's but uh that does seem to be a fact for some people uh who these these three people who are talking on um, television today
3: i saw the poll numbers for for I think it was likely black voters yeah. and it was 5% Trump and 93% Biden. So the 5% is worried. basically I like 50 cent ice cube and cake. Kanye. <laughs> Kanye. <laughs> so, Gwynnitz, you know,
2: Jeff Blanton and Steve Bannon's former clients. Okay. So I think the I think the thing that, that I'm concerned what I'm concerned about, and I, it's, I don't know about the bubbles. I don't know, but there is this hat trick happened in 2016, where that Access Hollywood tape had come out, you had people like Jason Chaffetz and others going, saying, I don't know how I can vote for this guy. You have Paul, you know, Paul, Ben Sass is trying to do the Paul Ryan thing. He's like doing his own tapes and flooding them out there. I'm like, I'm gonna let everybody know that I don't know, I, you know, that whole, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if I can vote for this guy. But it's the same playbook, right? Mm-hmm. That the Republicans play. And then what happens? Mike Pence comes in in the 11th hour and says, come home, Republicans. And he does this sort of, oh, nostalgic, come home, we're Republicans, it'll be okay. So I think what I get worried about is the fact that Trump did, he he wasn't a train wreck, he wasn't. He was all the horrible things he's always been, Um, but that's baked in and that, that there, might be Republican voters, older Republican voters, especially, that will hear that sort of "come home" thing and just think, "Okay, well, we just got to vote Republican anyway." I, I, I don't know that that'll move any needles in terms of of the numbers, the big numbers that we need. But I think just watch for that playbook. I could see the media now doing this in this last week. I could see them doing the whole, you know, you'll have Van Jones talking about how Donald Trump, blah blah blah. You'll have. You know, all the players will come out and do their thing, and make it all seem normal, and then my Pence will go, "Oh, come home." And then I
1: think I think that works in Senate races. I think that the Republican Party is now so much the Trump Party that nobody looks at it as well. There's the Republican Party that we come home to, and Trump is just you know a part of that, a temporary part of that. I think that he this is now the whole party. Of Trump. I do think, however, you. See- Possibly where I am right now for a few days in South Carolina. Uh, you're going to be seeing a little bit of that with, with Lindsey Graham. Uh, you know they're 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 toying with the idea of voting against him. They don't like him, but I do think that sadly, in, in the end, it just as a matter of how many, um, because, you know, the polls have been kind of going back and forth a little bit and kind of been tied. Um, but I think I, as much as I hate this, I think there's a real chance that there'll be that aspect that you're talking about that come home to the, you know, stick with Lindsey, come our safe Republican. And um, you might be seeing that I'm hearing in Iowa with, with Joni Ernst. So um. I think you're going to see that in the state races with this with some senate races i don't think that translates for trump because he's been so you know successful in owning the republican party where it's just defined by him i think it really is a referendum on him uh, but he's got that cult following that senators don't get um, so it's almost like you've got two different personalities with the republican party out there i mean certainly trump is a drag on a lot of them but a lot of them is just uh, this like with lizzie graham he's not the same guy that he was before when he was you know john mccain's you know Robin to John McCain's Batman or whatever. He's just not the same guy. By the way, I know Lindsey Graham. He's a freshman House member. And uh, I was communications director for the House Educational Workforce Committee after the contract with America and yeah, Newt Gingrich and all that. My—I was uh, And my peers were Ari Fleischer was communications director for Ways and Means. Ed Gillespie was Dick Armey. These were my peers. This was my world back then. And Lindsey Graham was a, a House freshman. And so I helped I helped him out here and there with some of the, the committee stuff. And he was this happy-go-lucky funny as all get out guy, um, and just seemed like just such a great guy, such a straight shooter, which I think is the impression that we all had of him, you know, up until Trump It got some sort of compromise on him. So that dynamic, um, I think, that, that, that thing where you come home to the Republican Party, I just don't think that works for Trump. I think it definitely works in some of the Senate races, though. So Lindsey Graham, maybe uh, he may benefit from that, sadly.
0: You mentioned uh, earlier on this, the Stuart Stevens piece that came out in the Bulwark, which was about, you know, about the sort of the democratic mindset that the Democrats don't have swagger in the way that the hmm. uh, GOP and the Republicans have. And LB, you've spoken about this before, as of you, Greg, yeah. um, that there's a, you know, right. Democrats are winning by a lot right now, especially the presidency, but maybe not the Senate. Suffer. But why are, we, uh, why are we suffering? Why is the suffering going on? Why this, uh, you know, is it, a, is it a hangover from Hillary Clinton or is it something else? No, it's
2: how they've always been. I, I'm not, a, I mean, I'm a new Democrat in terms of getting through this but you know it's interesting to be somebody who was not political and sort of just I'm just got to be an independent because it's also gross right that was my attitude for so long um, but you know Republicans are always the victims they always have all the power and play the victims and Democrats just suffer they just suffer right they're just always suffering oh, oh, oh. so I don't know <laughs> I don't Know what? I you know, I, I, it's it's a it's an American thing, I guess. Um, you know, people need to be Democrats for some reason. Just don't know how to step out and be proud about what they accomplished to step, wear that fucking flag, put the flag outside your house. We're Americans, goddammit. it. Um, you know, they just don't do that. Not because they're anti-American, but because they, I don't know, they get some kind of secondary gain out of the badgering I, I, I guess you know that they're the they're the sidekick to the bully
0: mm-hmm. always well, maybe right? it comes from being a victim for so long maybe that's uh you know when you you get used to it and you sort of you expect the worst
3: what was the guy that was on with Hannity when he had the show with the Alan quote unquote, unquote with the liberal like back in the day I think he's no longer with Alan Thank yeah, Alan yeah.
1: Holmes he died a few years he ago.
3: He sort of was like that. He he was he had that personality of being super nice yeah. and but not at all and, and right about everything, but not at all menacing. Mm-hmm. And if you just saw the two people talking with the sound off, you were just gonna go do what Hannity said because you know, look at them, mm-hmm. right? I used so, to be on
1: that show a lot as a Republican, a whole lot. <laughs> like when they first started, starting in 1997. Yes, my first time on it was show.
3: all that the stuff. I felt like it was different at that time. Like I used to watch some yeah. of those things, even like Cross, like Tucker Carlson when he was on Crossfire was fine. At least yeah. in I my used memory, used to be on
1: Crossfire with Tucker yeah. Carlson. Yeah, <laughs> he was fine. I didn't. Well, I that.
3: He was kind of like a Alex P Keaton snotty kind of whatever. He was. not. You know, as hateful and ugly as as he's become, at least not that I remember. Uh, There there seems like in the last four years, especially, there's been a real turn towards the ugly. And maybe it's been there all along, and I just haven't perceived it. I mean, that's that's Laura Ingram's always
1: been like this, though. Laura Ingram's always been like this. Tucker hasn't, but Laura's always been like this. Only now, primetime is ready for her. Before she was too much for primetime, and now it's like she's perfect for it. (laughs) She hasn't (laughs) changed.
0: Sad statement.
3: I guess there's, there's something to be said for, for that. I, I, um, before we move on, Zev, could I just point out that yes. um, how many times the word coyote was said tonight during the debate by both people? And mo- a lot of people have no idea that a coyote is just someone who brings people over the border. Oh. And I think a lot of people were watching the debate, imagining an actual coyote bringing babies across <laughs> the border.
1: A lot of
0: lingo. Um, yeah. Thank you for clarifying. I was one of those people. I had no idea. Okay, there uh, you go. No, so my, this...
3: my, my wife didn't know. My my, my kid didn't know. And, and people on Twitter were like coyotes, coyotes, coyotes.
0: But it comes out of Donald Trump's <laughs> yeah. mouth. You're never sure if it's just making up some crazy yeah. thing or whether. Oh, no,
3: he knows what a coyote is because that's, you know, the trafficking. He right, has to know yeah. all about that.
0: And they work the terms
3: it. and everything. He's very yeah. he's, it's amazing how fluent uh, for someone as stupid as he is in almost every other area, how fluent he is in the language of trafficking humans.